morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. If you're worshiping with us online, we welcome you. If you're in the house, we invite you to stand. Let's worship the Lord together. Take nothing 
Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, brothers and sisters. Let's keep giving God praise. He's worthy of our praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Just think about all the hard times and the storms that we've gone through in our lives. And like our praise group just sang, God is always there to bring us through. The Bible says many are the afflictions of God's people, of the righteous. But it also says that the Lord will deliver us from it all. Do you believe that? Amen. Hallelujah then. Give the Lord some praise in the house of God today. He loves us, brothers and sisters, with a everlasting love. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad his love is unconditional. I know there were times in my life when I didn't even like myself. And yet the Bible says God still loved us. I cannot do enough wrong that he doesn't love me. And likewise with each and every one of you. That's why he pulls us through these hard times. That's why he's always working out something for our good. He knows he has a purpose for us. And hallelujah, I'm so glad he doesn't give up on us, aren't you? Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I said thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let me read to you a particular verse that once again was given to me by somebody else. This isn't what, this isn't what I was going to read. Uh, Elder Fran gave this to me in light of the song that was just sung. And she knew pretty much what I was going to say. And I think this is very appropriate appropriate. In Jeremiah 29, starting with verse 11, Jeremiah says, speaking for God, for I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. He said, in those days when you pray, that's why we need to pray. In those days when you pray, God says, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me, and I will be found by you, saith the Lord. And then if we run right over to uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, there's a corresponding scripture that also bolsters this truth of God always working for our good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Well, we have to ask ourselves, are we called to his purposes? Can everybody here say yay and amen? Hallelujah. Yay and amen. Yes, we are. Let's go before the Lord knowing that we are here according to his purposes for our lives. Dear Heavenly Father, first of all, we thank you for giving us access to your presence, to your throne, where you say we can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. And Father, I feel like I'm always in need. I'm always needy. I'm always seeking to touch the hem of your garment, Lord Jesus. We're thankful that you stopped by here today, dear God. We feel your presence. We know that you're here, O Lord, because you said you would be. There's nowhere we can go that you are not. And Lord, we thank you for that. We can always reach out 
and know that you are there. We can always pray as we're doing now and know that you not only hear our prayers, the scripture says that you answer our prayers that very day that we pray. Thank you for being so faithful to us. Dear God, help us to be faithful to you. Lord, we love you and we honor you. We thank you for all the beautiful things you bring into our life. Even when there's hardship, we can always find so much reason to be thankful. We thank you, dear God, for the bad things that could have happened that didn't happen. And then we give you glory. We can see time after time when you saved us, rescued us. For that, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for waking us up this morning, for bringing us into church. Nobody had to be carried in here on a, on a gurney. We are all able to walk in today. That is only because of your loving kindness and your tender mercy. Thank you for your love, Lord, and help us to demonstrate it to others. Father, we ask that you bless each and every person that is here and online, dear God. You know the needs in our lives. You know the, the, the conditions of our hearts. Lord, touch us in that special way that only you can. Lord, we need a touch from you today. Nothing else will do. We're hungry, dear God, for the presence and the essence of God. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you will order our steps. Take us where you will. Lead us by your word, dear God. Open doors, dear God, that only you can open and close the ones that need to be closed, that only you can close. We ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you bless our activities today as we go up to the Ellesmere community. Bless what we're trying to do up there, Lord. Let it be a resounding success. And, Lord, we just ask that you give us all good travel mercies. Lord, we ask that you bless all Christians worldwide. I heard a report that today on the news that one-eighth of all Christians in the world are being persecuted. They're being jailed. They're being beaten. They're being killed, dear God. Lord, we pray for our people. That is our job, to pray for our fellow mankind. Help us to be thankful, dear Lord, that it hasn't happened here yet. But, Lord, let us also be prepared. Father, we love you. We love you so much. Bless the rest of this service. This we humbly ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. God bless. HCTC family, I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. With Thanksgiving just a few weeks away, we are working on our Thanksgiving turkey basket giveaway. We have had a number of people volunteer to help with this, but we still need names of people who would benefit from receiving a basket. We would love to bless families around both campuses. If you know of a family who would be blessed by a basket, please call the church office or send an email to lpoindexter at ctcde.church. We are already seeing a tremendous response to this year's Operation Christmas Child shoebox drive. There are still shoeboxes available at both campuses. You can pick up one or several. Each box has instructions for how to fill it. Collection week will be November 15th to 22nd. We need your help with staffing these drop-off times. Whether you can give an entire day or just a few hours, we would love to have you involved with us. Times for dropping off boxes varies based on the day. You will find that schedule on our website or our social media pages. For more information or to volunteer, send an email to the address on your screen. Rehearsals are well underway for this year's Christmas show. 
Welcome to Bethlehem Tells the Story of a Historic Hotel in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and reminds us that no person or situation is so broken that God can't put it back together. Show dates are December 10th to 12th. This will be a free event, so we encourage you to invite family, friends, neighbors to come and share the wonder of the Christmas season and celebrate the hope that Jesus came to offer a hurting world. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Good morning. It is so good to see you, especially as I look around the room and I see our babies. I'm so excited to see you here this morning. And I was laughing because, you know, we're having trunk or treat at Ellesmere tonight, right? And I thought, well, what's new about trunk or treat? Because I've been wearing a mask and eating candy for the last 19 months. But (laughs) from 5 to 8, there's trunk or treat tonight. So we hope to see you there. If you're seated in a chair or if you're seated at a table or if you're online, there is a connect card. We ask that you fill out the connect card. Let us know who you are. Let us know that you're here. And please give us a praise report or a prayer request so that we can meet and pray over your concerns during the week. And also, if you're in the room and you're new here, as you leave the celebration room after service and look to your left, you'll see a welcome center. We'd love to meet with you there to offer you a welcome gift. And um, if you're new here and you're online, please click the New Here tab so that Pastor Bill's team will reach out to you after the service. We look forward to doing those things. Thank you, friend. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you here today. And uh, it's good to gather in the presence of our Lord. And uh, he's already here, and we're glad for that. I pray that you are sensing uh, the presence of the Lord this morning. As we, as we worship and as we follow Christ together, we're always doing certain things. We're, we're loving God. We're loving each other. We're serving God. We're serving each other. And we're engaging with one another. That's one of the reasons why we have the prayer requests and we, make, we emphasize that so much. So if you have a prayer request, as, as Fran has said, write that down on the prayer card or on the envelope in which you place your offering. And uh, then place those uh, items in the baskets that are by the, by the door uh, before you go. If you're online, you can do all that same stuff online. Please click the buttons to do that. As we, as we act out our faithfulness, we want to practice uh, some principles that come right out of the Bible that teach us how to be generous. And uh, one of those principles is this one. So I ask you to let's read this together just to remind ourselves. We give to and through the local church in support of various needs. One of the things about Christ the Cornerstone is that we do this often. And I don't know if you, you know this, you realize this, but every offering we take, we set aside 10% of the offerings we receive, set it into a, into a fund out of which we're able to help others in our community. 
And I'm so grateful that when people ask us for help, we are able to do that because of your generosity. Here's a scripture verse that goes along with that principle that we just read. Read this to me too, please. There will always be some in the land who are poor. That is why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. That comes all the way from the Old Testament. Thousands of years ago, God was teaching his people, and he doesn't stop teaching us, teaching us that. In fact, Jesus emphasized the same thing when Jesus was here, and that is still the same teaching. And it's not just Israelites that he's taking care of us. Jesus came to save all people, and so we apply this generosity and this helpfulness to all people. And the surprising thing to me is that when I find that I'm generous with others, God is even more generous to me to take care of my own needs uh, in that way. And so this, these are principles that we seek to follow. And I know every Sunday I'm reminding you of these things, uh, but that's, that's just because these are important teachings to us. It's part of us acting faithfully with one another. Let's continue worshiping our Lord. And uh, I invite you to stand as I offer this prayer as we move back into singing. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for this day. Thank you for your love that you have poured out upon us here in this room at the service last night. And you'll do it again in the service next. You're pouring your presence out into the people who are watching online and into their homes. We thank you for them. We thank you for the opportunity we have to sing to hear, to, to speak your praises. All in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
today, whether we're in this house or whether we're online watching it, God, whatever the mountains are in our lives, Lord, you're inviting us today to come and just lay it all down. Because, Lord, it's you, it's the anointing that breaks yokes and bondages and moves the things in our lives. So, Lord, today, we welcome you to move among us. Lord, we welcome you today to make a way in our lives where there seems to be no way. You are here, God, and we ask you to do your work in us. Move among us, we pray, Holy Spirit.
working on our behalf, as Pastor Vaughn said at the beginning of the service, working for good in our lives. Working all things, Lord, whether we see it or not, whether we know it or not, you are working in our lives. So, Lord, today we rest in that fact. Do you see that with us? Even when I don't see it. today because God has done something miraculous or awesome or wonderful in your life or whether you're waiting for it. The fact is God is who He is and that doesn't change. I'm going to invite Denise Kinnear to join me on the platform. Denise is ministering to our kids this morning and as we pray today we're going to lift up our children's ministry and April is our director and Denise is our teacher today and Pastor Roger As he comes to bring the message. God, we thank you that that is who you are. Making ways in the wilderness and streams in the desert. A way out of no way. And so Lord, today we rest in the fact that you are here. Moving in our midst. And so we worship you. God, we pray for our children's ministry today. For April and for Denise. And for those that are working with our children today. We pray your anointing would rest on them. That you would bring your blessing to them. 
We pray for our pastor as he comes to bring the message this morning that our hearts would be open to receive from you today. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, Amen. Families with children, you can send your children with Denise now. God bless you. You can be seated. probably love stories. I do. You know I do because I use them often in in my messages. Stories have a particular power to communicate things beyond just the words that they say. And one of the unique things about a story, and you know, I use the word story often, and when I use the word story, uh, it doesn't mean fiction. Not always. There are some stories that are fiction. There are some stories that are non-fiction. So I can tell you a story uh, about my childhood. That's not fiction. That really happens. But whatever, whether it's a fiction story or whether it's a non-fiction story, they, they, they all have power. Jesus understood this because Jesus is the creator uh, of all things. So He created these things. He created our minds to be able to communicate. So we've been looking at these stories. Often we call stories parables. But the word parable actually means comparison. To compare one thing beside another. That's what the word parable means. So when you're, t- when you're telling a, a parable, you're actually making a, another point. You're not just telling the story of an event, a beginning, middle, and an end. You're comparing that story to something else so that you can experience something, so that you can learn something. And it's a very powerful teaching tool that Jesus, that Jesus uses. So we've been looking at these parables. I've called them parables of invitation. They're comparisons of invitation. One of the key things that Jesus is always asking His church to do is to invite others to come to Christ. To invite others to experience the goodness. There's a a scripture in the Old Testament that says, Come, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's the invitation. Come. Taste. You, 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 you taste things. If I said to you, let's have some, you know, the, I've said this before, pecan pie, pecan pie, however you say the word, is one of my favorite kinds of pie. And we're getting into the season where I allow myself only once a year to have a pecan pie. Because, well, you know why. <laughs> if we were to sit down and I had, a, I had some pecan pie... And I said, taste and see this pie, but I never gave you one. How do you know it's any good? It's not any good. You've got to experience it. Stories help us experience the goodness of God. So we've been looking at these stories. We're we're addressing what is this invitation? What's the invitation to? Who gives the invitation? How are we to give the invitation? Because Jesus tells us to go out and invite others to experience in their own lives the goodness of Jesus Christ. That's our task as brothers and sisters in Christ. So let's look, at, and one of our key verses comes out of the story that we'll be 
listening to today from Luke chapter 15. So let's go to Luke, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 14, beginning with verse 12. Luke 14 and verse 12. If, depending on the Bible, the translation or the publisher's uh, Bible that you have, you might see that verse 12 comes in the middle of a, uh, of a section. I've done that on purpose uh, so that we can kind of connect the parable that comes next with what Jesus is experiencing right now. So Jesus has been invited into the home of a Pharisee, an um, influential, well-educated um, probably wealthy member of the, the Jewish leadership. Jesus has been invited to his home for a meal. And when Jesus gets into that meal, he notices something happening, and Jesus wants to give the host some correction. Now let's put this in, in context. Here's the story, and, and let's put it in context of your own, your own life. And let's, I'm asking you to pretend that you have invited Jesus, this man that you don't know a lot about, but you have observed that people are healed just by his touching. People are healed just because he says, be healed. And the words that Jesus uses to refer to himself you know, because you're a Jewish person, and you, you know that the words that he's using, Jesus is calling himself the Son of God. And in doing so, Jesus is calling himself God. And that, to the Jew, is blasphemous. That is offensive. That is a false teaching. But here is Jesus doing these things, and you're confused. But you're taking a risk. And because of your position in society, you're inviting Jesus to come into your home. And he comes into your home and you have a whole bunch of other guests. And you're not just inviting him for a lunch for a bologna sandwich. Because <laughs> that would be demoralizing to your position. So you can't offer just a bologna sandwich. Now, nothing wrong with bologna. I don't want to offend any bologna lovers. <laughs> so you got it set up. You've prepared this feast. You've invited Jesus, not quite understanding who He is. And as your friends have gathered, they are clamoring for a position at the table. They're trying to get the best seat. And Jesus watches this happen. And Jesus says, he confronts the host. And in verse 12, it says, he turns to his host and he says, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, don't invite your brothers, don't invite your relatives, certainly don't invite your rich neighbors. Why? Because they will invite you back. And that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Now put, go back in context. And some, many of us have heard these words so often that we kind of 
we're kind of desensitized to really what Jesus is saying. He's just confronted you. Do you feel any kind of insult? You invited this man into your house and he's telling you who to invite to your own party? Are you kidding me? Are you angry? Are you a little bit incensed? And he doesn't, not only does he say you've invited the wrong people, I'm going to tell you who to invite. The crippled, the poor, the lame, and the blind. We don't do that, Jesus. That's not how we want to give a party. And Jesus says then, in verse 14, at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who cannot repay you. This is a very clear teaching that Jesus gives to us. And if we're not doing it, we're not following what Jesus tells us to do. Jesus is telling us very clearly in very plain terms to do that. This is not the parable. This is Jesus' direct teaching. And look what happens after Jesus gives this teaching. Verse 15 says, and this is our focus for today, Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Still haven't gotten to the parable yet. When that man proclaims what a blessing it will be to to be in the kingdom of God, why would he say that? Because of what Jesus has just told this Pharisee to do. Can you imagine if you were, now we're going to switch roles. You're going to put yourself in the role of this man sitting next to Jesus. He is with Jesus. And he realizes what Jesus has just done. He has, Jesus has flipped the script. Jesus has turned everything upside down. And, and, and this clearly, the man with Jesus clearly is not the host of this party. He's somebody else. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But Jesus hears that man proclaim what a blessing it is to sit at the table in the kingdom of God. And Jesus turns to him and says, Indeed! And then Jesus begins the parable. Then Jesus begins the comparison. And Jesus says, replies to that man with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, Oh, I just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. I just bought one of the houses right over there. And it's time for the inspection. I can't go to your party, Master. Somebody else who was invited said, I just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. I'm like... I grew up on the farm. You all know that. I'm not going to go try out five pairs of oxen when there is a party right over here. What is wrong with this man? (laughs) But he 
gives that as an excuse. Another one says, I just got married, so I can't come. I understand that one a little bit better. And the servant returned and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious. And he said to the servant, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Does that sound familiar? Jesus gave that clear instruction, and now He's giving this parable to emphasize and drive home what He wants us to do. After the servant had done this, He invited the poor, He invited the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after He did that, He went back to the Master and He said, There's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and look behind the hedges and urge anyone, anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. I want us to explore this a little bit. I want to go back to who this man with Jesus is again in verse 15. Hearing this. A man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend the banquet in the kingdom of God. I've already already indicated that I think this man is not the host. That makes sense to me. But who is this man? This man clearly is somebody who recognizes what Jesus is doing. This man is somebody who recognizes that while he watched all these people, all these invited guests, all these uh, social elite, all these who had the right last name, or they had the right pedigree, or they had the right education, or they lived in the right neighborhood, all these who got invited to, to this man's house, they were there and they were clamoring for the best seats. This man was watching that happen. And I think it's pretty logical to assume that this man wasn't one of those. Because he couldn't get one of those seats. And he knew what life was like being the outcast. He knew what life was like being one of the impoverished people. He knew what life was like being an outsider. How do I know that? Because when Jesus flips the script, this man gets excited. As if to say, there is justice in this world. There is peace. There is somebody advocating for the poor. There is somebody willing to share with the rich. There is somebody who can heal. I imagine that as Jesus came into this courtyard of this Pharisee, I say courtyard because in many times the, the homes of the wealthy people, they, they, they had a wall and a gate that you entered into and you first entered into a, a courtyard. Maybe it's about the size of this stage behind me. And around that courtyard are all kinds of rooms. Some of them would be sleeping rooms. Some of them would be store room, storage rooms. Some of them would be uh, uh, rooms where fabrics might be made or clothing might be made, whatever. But in the center of the home is this courtyard, and most of the living happened right there. And when you had a party, you invited people into this courtyard. And you could have a lot of people in there. You could have a lot of guests. And we know that the tables 
of that day were maybe only six, eight inches high off the ground. And people couldn't sit at the table like we do in chairs. They had to recline with on their elbows. Or maybe they sat some other way. But they were squished in together there so that they could get as many people at the table. This man couldn't get one of those seats at the table. And this is what I imagine Jesus having done. I imagine that as Jesus was approaching the gates of this house, He passed by somebody on the street, this man. And this man perhaps was crippled or poor or lame or blind. And Jesus reached over to him and said, Come with me. We're gonna, I'm going to show you something. Jesus grabbed onto this man. This man knew he didn't belong in that space. And so this man likewise grabbed onto Jesus. And he knew that if he wasn't right beside Jesus, he'd probably be kicked out of the courtyard. So he's not going anyplace. And he's saying, Jesus, I'm with you. And Jesus watches all this stuff happen. Jesus turns to the host. This man is beside him. And he says to the host, when you invite, when you have a party, don't invite your friends, your relatives, especially your rich neighbors. Invite the poor, the blind, the lame. This man hears Jesus say those words. And he says, wow, that's wonderful. I'm going to stick with this man, Jesus, because he can do for me what nobody else in this world will do. He forgives my sins. He heals my broken heart. He, he heals my body. He gives me a purpose. Wherever I am, when I am in Jesus, I have a place to belong. That is where I am. I am loved. That's what Jesus is saying to this man. That's who this man is. And then he tells the parable. And he gets to the end of the parable with this very stark sentence. I mean, Jesus is just hammering at the wealthy. He's hammering at the privileged. He's hammering at the people who expect to belong at the table. When Jesus in the parable talks about those who have been invited, Jesus is talking about who the, the people of Abraham, who we call the Israelites. Because Jesus, the, the Jews, Jesus came first to the Jews. And He died on the cross to reconcile God's people with God Himself. But then Jesus says, I didn't come just for the Jew. I came for all people. How do I know that? Because the, 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 the would-be Pharisee, the Apostle Paul, who was on his way probably to be the high priest, his life was transformed because he was met by Jesus. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I am not ashamed of this message of Jesus Christ. 
Because it is this good message of Jesus. It is this message is the power of God for the transformation of the world. For the Jew first and also for the Gentile. And in, those, in that world in those days, there were only two kinds of people. You were Jewish, you were, part of the, you were a child of the father Abraham, or you were anybody else. And anybody else was a Gentile. Jesus came first for the Jew. In order that the Jews could be a blessing to all people in the world. That was the promise that he gave to Abraham when he called Abraham. I will make you a nation so numerous And you will be a blessing to all other nations. What is that blessing? That blessing is that the person of Jesus Christ has come. That He has died on the cross to forgive your sins and my sins. For all people. So that we who trust in Jesus Christ, our sins will be forgiven, our wrongdoings will be forgiven. The punishment for them has been paid by Jesus. And we have the hope of everlasting life. Not just everlasting life after we die to live forever. That everlasting life begins here and now and now. And here we can taste and see that the Lord is good. Because He releases us from the guilt. He releases us from the shame that we experience in our sinfulness when we're living it for Him. And He calls us to trust in Him. This is the invitation that Jesus gives to each one of us. Will you come? This man who was found himself with Jesus (laughs) grabbed hold of Jesus. So let me ask you the question, have you grabbed hold of Jesus? Because Jesus has been watching over your life from the moment you were conceived, if not even before. Jesus has grabbed hold of you. Will you grab hold of Jesus? That's the question. This parable reminds me of a story that is told by uh, a, a, a pastor, a preacher, anthropologist named Tony Campolo. lived in the Philadelphia area. He was a teacher at one of the universities nearby. He wrote this book probably back in the early 1990s. Maybe it was the late 80s. I know that sounds so long ago. It's an ancient book. The title of the book is The Kingdom of God is a Party. In that book, Tony tells of of an experience. He was asked to come and speak in Honolulu, Hawaii. And because of the jet lag, he found himself wide awake in the middle of the night. And he was hungry. So he went out into the streets of Honolulu trying to find any place that was open. And this is his description of that experience. And I'm going to read mostly verbatim because Tony Campolo is a great storyteller. And I don't want to miss a detail because... He enjoys it. Tony Campolo says, Up a side street, I found a little place that was still open. I went in, I took, one, took, took a seat on one of the stools at the counter, and I waited to be served. And this was one of those sleazy places that deserves the name Greasy Spoon. I did not even touch the menu. I was afraid that if I opened that thing, something gruesome would crawl out. But it was the only place that I could find open. There's a fat guy behind the counter. He came over to me and he said, what do you want? I said, I wanted a cup of coffee and a donut. So he poured a cup of coffee. He wiped his grimy hands on his smudged apron and reached in and grabbed a donut off the shelf. 
And as I sat there munching on my donut and sipping my coffee at 3.30 in the morning, the door of the diner suddenly swung open, and to my discomfort, in marched eight or nine provocative and boisterous prostitutes. It was a small place, and they sat on either side of me. Their talk was loud and crude. I felt completely out of place, and I was just about to make my getaway when I overheard the the woman beside me say, Tomorrow's my birthday. I'm going to be 39. Her friend sitting next to her said in a nasty tone, So what do you want from me? A birthday party? What do you want? You want me to get a cake and sing happy birthday to you? The woman said, Come on. Why do you have to be so mean? I was just telling you, that's all. Why do, you don't have to put me down. I was just telling you it was my birthday. I don't want anything from you. I mean, why should you give me a birthday party? I've never had a birthday party in my whole life. Why should I have one now? Tony says, when I heard that, I made a decision. I sat and waited until the women left. And then I called over the fat guy from behind the counter, and I asked him, do they come in here every night? Yeah, he said. The one right next to me, does she come in here every night? Yeah, that's Agnes. She comes here every night. Why do you want to know? Because I heard her say that tomorrow is her birthday. What do you say that you and I do something about that? What do you think about us throwing a birthday party for her right here, tomorrow night? A cute smile came across his chubby cheeks, and he answered with measured delight, That's a great idea. I like it. That's a great idea. And calling out to his wife, who did the cooking in the back room, he shouted, Hey, come out here. This guy's got a great idea. Tomorrow's Agnes's birthday. This guy wants us to go in with him to throw a birthday party for her right here, tomorrow night. Wife came out from the back room and all bright and smiling, said, that's wonderful. You know, Agnes is one of those people who's really nice and kind, and nobody ever does anything kind for her. Look, I said, if it's okay with you, I'll get back here tomorrow morning about 2.30 a.m. I'll decorate the place. I'll even get a cake. No way, said Harry. That was the cook, the, the guy's name. The birthday cake's my thing. I'll make the cake. 2.30 the next morning, I was back at the diner. I picked up some crepe paper decorations at the store and made a sign out of big pieces of cardboard that read, Happy Birthday, Agnes. I decorated the diner from one end to the other. I had the diner looking real good. The woman who did the cooking must have gotten the word out on the street because by 3.15, every prostitute in Honolulu was in the place. It was wall-to-wall prostitutes and me. At 3.30 on the dot, the door of the diner swung open, and in came Agnes with her friend. I had everybody ready. After all, I was kind of the MC of the affair, and when they came in, everybody screamed all at once, Happy Birthday! Never have I seen a person so flabbergasted, so stunned, so shaken. Her mouth fell open, her her legs seemed to buckle, her friend grabbed her arm to steady her. She was led to sit on one of those stools along the counter as we sang, Happy Birthday to you. And as we came to the end of our singing, Happy Birthday, dear Agnes. We finished. And her eyes moistened. And then when the birthday cake, with all of its candles, was carried out to her, 
Harry yelled out, cut the cake, Agnes, cut the cake. He said, blow out the candles, Agnes. Blow out the candles. If you don't blow out the candles, I will. Well, she couldn't get the breath to blow out the candles, so he did. And he hands her a knife and says, cut the cake. And Agnes looked down at this birthday cake, first birthday cake she's ever had in her life, first birthday party she's ever had in her life. She didn't take her eyes off the cake. She just said slowly and softly, Look, Harry, is it all right with you if I... I mean, is it okay if I kind of... What do I want to ask? Is it okay if I keep the cake a little while? I mean, do we have to eat it right away? Harry shrugged and answered, Sure, it's okay. If you want to keep the cake, keep the cake. Take it home if you want. Can I? She asked. And then looking at me, she said, I live just a couple doors down. I want to take the cake home today, all right? I'll be back, honest. So she got off the school, picked up the cake, and carrying it like it was the Holy Grail, she walked slowly towards the door. And as we all just stood there motionless, watching her leave, when the door closed, there was a stunned silence in the place. And not knowing what else to do, I broke the silence by saying, What do you say we pray? And looking back now, it seems more than a strange strange thing for a sociologist to be leading a prayer meeting with a bunch of prostitutes in a diner in Honolulu at 3.30 in the morning. But then also it just felt like the right thing to do. So we prayed for Agnes. I prayed for her salvation. I prayed that her life would be changed and that God would be good to her. And when I finished, Harry leaned over the counter and with a trace of hostility in his voice, he said, Hey! You never told me you were a preacher. What kind of church do you belong to? And in one of those moments when just the right words came, I answered, I belong to a church that throws a party for whores in Honolulu at 3.30 in the morning. Harry waited a moment and almost sneered as he said, No, you don't. There is no church like that. If there was, I'd join it. Wouldn't we all? The kingdom of God is a party. And it's a party that you are invited to. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. Jesus is saying, I am setting this life for you. It is a banquet. And I know that there are times in our lives when we don't experience the full of fullness of joy. There are difficulties that we've got to face. But Jesus brings joy to our lives. Ask anyone who believes in Jesus. They will tell you that. That is our testimony. That is that good message of Jesus Christ that is the transformation for the whole world, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile, and even for you. Jesus changes my life. That's the kind of church that we are. It's not a building. It's the people who say yes to this invitation of Jesus. Are you with Jesus? Let Jesus grab hold of you. Truth is, Jesus has grabbed onto you already. And all you need to do is turn around and say yes. 
yes, Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are, and I will follow you and I will trust you. The invitation that he's given to us is clear. And those of us who believe that, who trust in that, Jesus is compelling us to go out. There's a very stark phrase in that verse that says, those who are invited, who have rejected that invitation, will never taste and see a morsel of my banquet. But I want to suggest that as Jesus sends out his people, even to those behind the hedges and down the country lanes, wherever they are, we're going to meet some of those people who have already rejected Jesus. And he still wants us to invite even them to come to the table. So my question simply is, have you grabbed hold of Jesus? And are you inviting others to do the same? Let's take a moment and pray. And the invitation is, come and grab hold of Jesus. Or to ask the Lord to show you, who do you, who is the Lord asking you to invite to this banquet of Jesus? Let's stand as we pray and as we sing and continue to worship. Heavenly Father, whether we're online in this service there or whether we're still in the room here, we have an opportunity to respond to the invitation that you give to us. Some of us, God, may not know what it means necessarily to follow you, but there's something in our hearts that is saying, I gotta try, I, I, I gotta be connected to this man, Jesus. I don't understand everything there is. None of us totally understand everything there is to understand about Jesus. But don't let that stop you from saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. Come to Jesus. Confess your sins. Confess your need for Jesus. And experience him in your life. Some of us, God, have neglected telling others what you, what the difference that you make in our own lives. And you're asking us to go and simply say to somebody else, this is the change that Jesus brought to me. Would you like to experience that change too? And we need your power, we need your boldness to go and invite others to come to you. We need your power. And I ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. You've heard the invitation. It's for all of us. Every single one of us has been invited. Everyone that God has ever created, He's invited to this banquet. So, the front is open if you want to come and pray. There are folks at the prayer station. Before you leave this room today or before you sign off online, if you don't know this Jesus, you can make that right today. There's some folks that can lead you in that direction. God, we want to worship you. Thank you. Sing together. Come all you weary. Come all you saints. Come to the fountain. To the edge of the bay. Yeah.
party at 3.30 in the morning. Because somebody reached out to her with the love of Jesus. That's the same thing that happened to us. It doesn't matter how far down we think we were. Because there aren't degrees of sinners with God. We are all sinners. But He has called us all to the same place. He has invited us to come to be where He is. So this morning, before you leave this building or before you sign off online today or before you stop watching it if it's weeks down the road, say yes to Jesus today because he's calling us. Father, we pray that as you call our name that we will hear you and respond to you. That we would, as Pastor has encouraged us throughout this series, to think of people in our lives, Lord, that we can share the message of Jesus. Lord, give us opportunities like this party with Agnes to to have divine appointments that we don't even expect that you bring people across our path. Challenge us, God, to share the love that you shine in our heart and not just to keep it because you've given it to us so that we can share it. Send your spirit with us, we pray today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. The front is still open if you want to come and pray. Folks are still at the prayer stations. Folks are still online, available to talk with you for another 15 minutes or so. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week.